0: Campus Comics Cast, coming to you from Carmel, Illinois, with special guests from the Campus Comics crew. And now, here's your host, the man with the previews in hand, Mike
1: No. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Campus Comics Cast, coming to you from Inside Campus Comics on East Main Street in Carbon, Illinois, as per usual. Um, this is a little bonus episode. We're going to talk about several topics here. I'm Mike No, the uh, owner-operator here at Campus Comics, and joining me for this roundtable discussion is... Scott Reed and Dan Brown. Um, all right, and like we said, it's kind of a potpourri episode. Going to hit on some topics here. Um, we're going to start off with the first one is... What is most likely the final, well, next to last, the mm-hmm. penultimate of the <laughs> yeah. of the uh, Marvel series on Netflix, and that is Punisher Season 2, mm-hmm. uh, which again stars Jon Bernthal as the titular character, Frank Castle, the Punisher, and uh, a lot of returning characters from Season 1, mm-hmm. and I know... Scott, this is one of your favorite characters. Yes, absolutely
2: one of my favorite characters, so I'm certain that my views on it are a little bit biased for that regards. Mm -hmm. As far as how much I liked it, probably compared to everybody else, but who knows? (laughs)
1: Right. No, I think... for me, from now on, you know, whatever I think, it's kind of hard for me to separate Burnthal from this character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, whether or not you like the story of this episode, you know, this season or not, mm-hmm. and I think we're all pretty much in agreement that it wasn't as good as the first no, season. No, uh, no, no, it's yeah. not
2: as good. And that's almost, it would be very difficult for them to have. I, I really feel like we got two really, really good seasons of Punisher with the second season of Daredevil yeah. plus the first season of the Punisher. So, it, you know, kind of the third time they were bound to have a little bit of a drop-off. But
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, I still really liked it, but it's just well, no, nowhere near as strong as no. the first season. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, like I I don't think it's bad, but it was a little more of a slog for me this time. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I think think there's too much
0: emphasis on the supporting characters and not enough on Frank overall. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: I think my big issue with the season was I felt like there were too many storylines, and you kept, I was like, how are they going to wrap all this together? Right. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like they really shortchanged some of the conclusions of some of the storylines just to get to the end, you know, at at, at one point. So, Uh,
1: spoilers. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, kind of starts off, I'm not really sure how long, what time time has passed since season one hey, in this. Yeah, really well, t- not, I'm not sure. That?
2: They, don't, they don't really, t- I'd say probably, probably just a few important. months. Yeah. yeah. It's probably just a few months, you would probably oh, say.
0: Um,.
1: Well, they do say say
0: a year at some point. Okay, do they? They Yeah. Because
1: Madani has to recover. Yeah, because mm -hmm. uh, uh, Russo was
0: in the coma for so long. Right, right. right. Later Mm -hmm. on in the season, they do say, like, a year ago Mm -hmm. this was Mm -hmm. happening or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, again, that's when the show's been going off for a little bit, so who knows what the time frame is there necessarily. And this is,
2: you know, obviously post, you know, Daredevil Season 3 as well, so... Yeah, so yeah, there's a pretty good there's a pretty good time lapse there. Um, so we're
1: not really sure what he's happened in the interim, but we just catch up with Frank at some point a year yeah. or so down the road. Don't know what he's been doing in between, but he kind of just slacking. Like, slacking. Slack apparently, been doing. crime is running yeah. rampant. He's not <laughs> mm-hmm. doing anything about it. Yeah, <laughs> but well, it just kind of catches up. Go ahead. Scott. Yeah, well, I was
2: gonna say that I guess they're kind of saying that he, for a brief time, he was kind of living a normal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he wasn't. He wasn't you know, the Punisher. He was, you know, I guess he was Pete. Or, not, it was Pete. Yeah, yeah Pete. Pete that's so. only. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And as far as that goes, I kind of rolled my eyes at that at the beginning of the mm-hmm. season, but by the end, I was okay with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With the Pete thing? Well, just with the <laughs> I'm having a normal life. Oh, I'm right, not committed yeah. to this. Like, mm-hmm. I think gotcha. the Punisher typically should be. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I have I had the same problem with Dark Knight Rises with Batman. Like Batman just retired for eight years. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah I mean? for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, not
1: much of an obsession if you can yeah. do that. You know?
2: <laughs> now, one thing that I think is weird about the Punisher compared to all the other Netflix series mm-hmm. is like, you know, these guys, they get in fights. They get beat up and, you know, the next day their faces are all pr- all pretty again, except for the Punisher.
3: Yeah, He gets,
2: like, love-tapped in the nose, and he has black <laughs> eyes for them, like, the next four right. episodes. <laughs> he well, It's yeah.
0: like Rough Road. Yeah, right? yeah. There is this, the scene that kind of bothered me, was when they're breaking out of hospital, and he's dressed up in the cop's uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He gets pretty beat down, and uh-huh. then in the ambulance after it wrecks, yeah. he's uh-huh. fine and walking up, and yeah. he's recovered pretty quick from that, oh, yeah. but well, that's, that's it's the only time I think that really happened in the season, yeah. but yeah. That, that one did kind of stand out because they've been so consistent with that, mm-hmm. uh-huh.
1: you know, yeah. it's so. so bad they
2: have the convenient recovery times, yeah. You right. know? And he
1: was able to drag, you know, Mahoney, Mahoney out, out oh, yeah, that, yeah all
2: that so. stuff So, uh, um, I tell you what one thing that uh, it took me This I struggle with this I don't know if struggle is really the right word but in the first two episodes we have Beth who's the bartender she's mm-hmm. played by uh, I have her name written down here someplace where did it go I lost it Alexa Devalos. I was like I know her from someplace and I, I couldn't place her and couldn't place her I had to go online and look it up. and It's like, oh yeah, duh, she was the main character in Man from High Castle? And I just, I took me forever to figure that out. It's just like, yeah, I could not <laughs> I place her. You. No, you it never it came was... to me at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, if you were like me and wondering, that's where you might know her from. Mm-hmm. And and I really thought it was odd that they, uh, she was only in two episodes, yeah, right, right? right? I have a theory about that. We'll mm-hmm. talk about it closer to the mm-hmm. end. Uh, I, I definitely kept theory.
1: waiting for to 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 revisit that character, that right. arc. I kind of waited, was expecting me to put a bow on that, and it didn't happen. No, uh-uh. this is basically he shows up at this bar, craziness ensues. He hooks yep. up with this bartender because mm-hmm. he kind of intercedes, you know, helps her when somebody was messing with her, and then you know, a little, and you know, nice moments with her and her son, yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. Just to never revisit that, that was a little unsatisfying. I thought, yep. you know, looked like seeing a little bit more of that, and. Uh, but uh, but part of the stuff that happens in the bar is, of course, he gets in this crazy fight with this uh, teenage runaway. You're never not sure what's going on with her, but you know, kind of streetwise, kind of mm-hmm. feels like she can take care of herself. Again, this actress, I think, what well, I don't know her name. Wasn't she in that Thirteen Reasons Why or something? That oh, Netflix thing? Uh, that I don't or know something. I I'm thinking that's from. I didn't wa- haven't watched that, but I'm thinking I'd read that's where she was from. <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, that's that kind of revolves around one of the main, you know, parts of the story is him helping this girl, getting, you know, developing some affection for, you know, you know, fatherly Father, affection, yeah, you yeah. know. And that's basically affection.
2: what brings him back from this normal life, life that he had been, unquote. yeah, is mm-hmm. that, you know, he feels obligated to protect this girl. He started to protect her and then now that he started it he has to see it all the way to the end
0: mm-hmm. and they even i mean does he well that's true. how often does she lie to him yeah. 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 and get them into deeper trouble than they were well and
2: he even says during the course if you'd been a guy i wouldn't have helped you <laughs> yeah you know i mean right. it kind of yeah. it kind of yeah. goes yeah. into that it's, it's kind of a chivalrous
0: Then i'm like is she ever going to be honest with him mm-hmm. <laughs> why doesn't mm-hmm. he walk away from this yeah them that's, yeah at
1: uh, so anyway, there is a lot of plot threads going on through all this. So yeah, you're um, not the least of which, the actor that played John Pilgrim. I don't know. I, where I don't know where I know him from, but oh, yeah. just one of those faces oh, that shows I, uh, up. The he's
0: not Dollar Store Mads Mickelson yeah, bit, yeah, the
1: vibe <laughs> I was getting by the end of it. Yeah, that's true
2: now one thing that I was surprised by any in, in these seasons now on Netflix I've been like making a point to watch the recap and mm-hmm. like trying to say well, okay what can I guess about what's gonna happen this season based on what's in the recap mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure we saw microchip in the recap and no microchip this oh, season uh-huh. oh, yeah. which re- I was really yeah. surprised that they did not bring him back I was actually a little disappointed that they, yeah, didn't, they sure. didn't bring him I back think yeah.
1: it would elevate, I think mm-hmm. it, it would have helped more, it would have yeah, helped, a, helped lot, a, lot.
2: a lot I think yeah, yeah that's a
1: good point point. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Random aside, episode two or episode one? Uh, the name of the episode is Roadhouse Blues, and mm-hmm. I could not not think about Patrick Swayze in the movie Roadhouse <laughs> the entire time I'm watching that first episode. <laughs> <All> right.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you're not not really sure. Of course, it plays out. That's which is going to happen over 13 mm-hmm. episodes to find out what the deal is, why they want this girl, you know, and stuff, and the things, um, kind of what. This uh, character, the John Pilgrim character, that played I played by about. Josh Stewart. That's Josh, his, Stewart. that's his name. I don't. Go. I still don't know what he did, but he's played right. by
2: Josh Stewart. So if you know who Josh Stewart is,
1: mm-hmm. so he's a. <laughs> wasn't there a character called the Mennonite in the Punisher book? And I think that's who this is loosely based on. No, you know, know, I don't think he had a name. I just okay. think he went by the Mennonite. He was like a religious, religious, man,
2: yeah, yeah. You know,
1: which is this guy's story. I Don't really know what happened. Hit what his. Pre story was much unless i was nodding off and i didn't catch Mm -hmm. it you know or why he ended up having the religious conversion or whatever because obviously not a good guy right you know before and now he's super religious and Mm -hmm. you know his wife's sick on her deathbed Mm -hmm. basically they have two sons have two sons Mm -hmm. who are being used against him Mm -hmm. to force him into coming after this girl well
2: i think part of it is that he's Convinced that okay, so you have um, Corbin Burnson mm-hmm. and oh, I forgot her name Lana Lang, yeah, from Super <laughs> oh. n-o-tool. <laughs> n-o-tool? Uh, yeah, an adult yeah, uh-huh. and they are kind of like the and and they don't. It's kind of surprising how underused they were in this
0: for those two caliber of actors. I Uh mean, they are definitely behind the scenes characters. Mm -hmm. You can see that you know they're obviously not on the front lines of this story, but you figure they'd be have more involvement. Yeah, Yeah, they'd have a little bit more face time. Those actors, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. a little bit
2: more face time. So, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, he the the pilgrim is convinced that you know what they are telling him to do is what he should be doing because he's basically trusting that they're using his skills appropriately and they're you know they basically are a a powerful religious couple who are setting their son up to become who was a senator to become the next president of the united states and Mm -hmm. they learn about this scandal which is how the young girl gets involved where they have uh, pictures of the son basically uh involved in a homosexual relationship and of course with them being religious they don't want that to come out because then it will kill um, his chances of be, you know they feel it will kill his chances of becoming uh, president so they're trying to cover this up and it's the girl somehow has these photos mm-hmm. which is what leads to the pilgrim going after her trying to kill her and bringing in all these other storylines which was one of the big issues for me on this season is it was just there were too many storylines and lines. trying to yeah mm-hmm. trying to bring it all together they just, uh, it just it felt rushed it was like drag drag mm-hmm. drag and then rushed yeah. to rush to pull it ball back yeah, in yeah, and this end.
0: I'm' I, you know, and I'm not saying dragged to the point of, like, Iron Fist or something. No, 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 no. no, no was, nowhere but near. But this was more of a slog than I expected it to mm-hmm. be, especially as much as I've liked the first season. Mm-hmm. And again, there's I feel like there's too much emphasis on the supporting characters, not yeah. enough on Frank's specific story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree You know, And that. there's some, and, you know, there's cool action scenes, but, like, there were a couple times where I'm just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, You know <laughs> what I mean? I it was just
1: such a drag for me in some parts. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, Yeah, because the whole, and then the whole thing again, of course, you know, Russo shows back up. Mm -hmm, He's been in a coma, like Dan mentioned, for a long time. And Madani, who got shot in the head, head, you know, she's going and seeing Russo every day. Every day. So it's a bit of an
2: obsession for her. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So on that whole thing. So it's kind of. Her story arc, Russo's yeah, story arc, yeah. the mm-hmm. therapist story Man, arc that's dealing with Russo. I tell you what,
0: yeah. I was really disappointed with that mask. I know. The whole yeah. saw so thing, because I'm like, okay... He's gonna take that mask mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be like super crazy. Like they probably can't afford to do this every episode, so uh-huh. they put that mask on him. Uh-huh. And he takes off. He's uh-huh. like he ain't that. jacked up. That's not jigsaw. Yeah, I thought. No. I thought the you exact know. same thing.
2: Yeah. I was expecting it to be more a whole yeah. lot more than that. And because I mean, the the actual character in the comic books is borderline ridiculous looking. Yeah, yes. yeah. You know, yeah. I, mean, I maybe shouldn't even say borderline. He's ridiculous yeah. I mean, looking. Just, yeah,
1: just stitched up on mm-hmm. the, boat yeah. of the Popeye and just yeah. all kind. Yeah, it's just a mess. I mean,
2: you can kind of understand it, you know, because that was like in the first season, that was his thing. It's like as many times as he got shot and hurt, it never hurt his face. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know. I feel and, like
0: they really should have played up his vanity more, though, I, yeah, the first absolutely. to justify what they were have done this season uh-huh. mm-hmm. having said that though the scars did there's some close-ups of them and they look really good yeah. like uh-huh. it's well done makeup yeah i feel like they should just went farther with it though, right mm-hmm. you know
2: yeah i mean he was pretty roughed up there looking at the end of the yeah. first season yeah. right so. in your face
1: through a mirror yeah that, exactly you know mm-hmm. so but yeah so then he's he's been in the coma this time obviously has some memory loss he keeps mm-hmm. having flashes and visions of this skull and can't figure mm-hmm. out why. why so he doesn't know they have an account encounter later because he kind of hooks up with this band of disenchanted vets, vets. Mm-hmm. you know and starts robberies and all this stuff so the first time he encounters frank frank tries to kill him yeah. and, he, and he doesn't know why yeah he yeah.
2: remembers he remembers frank but he remembers him as a friend yeah. and not as the person that he whose wife that he ruined mm-hmm. um and you also you also have russo during this time he's um Talking to a psychiatrist, uh, mm-hmm. Krista Dumont, mm-hmm. played by Floriana Lima. And I'm not familiar with her from anything, but
0: you know what? Well, she's really the bad guy in this really season. Yeah. yeah, she's the uh, bad she's guy.
1: She's playing both All, ends everybody. The middle, She's mm-hmm. playing everyone.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. And if you watch uh, the Supergirl show on CW, she played Maggie Sawyer on there. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Right. yeah
2: and, right. and the girl, the young girl that we're talking about, um, her name is Amy Bendix, and the show mm-hmm. is played by Georgia Wiggum, is what I have written down. So hopefully, I have that mm-hmm. have that correct. So those of you who know these actors and actresses yeah. from other places, there's there there are their names. Mm-hmm. So um,
1: so the other thing is just like I didn't um, so. Russo slash Jigsaw wasn't as messed up as you thought and right. I just really don't know that I need sympathetic Jigsaw you know what I mean no. at, some, at some point you know what I mean yeah. you gotta this guy's just and I'm not saying he's not detestable yeah. but but it uh, yeah. just didn't work for me Yeah. you have you, the uh, go ahead you
0: can't have the Punisher go up against sympathetic villains right mm-hmm. because that's true. then he's a monster mm-hmm. yeah. you know what I mean that's just the finality you know that he deals out mm-hmm. yeah. and know, we might, we might as well go ahead and
2: talk about that scene yeah. so at yeah. the yeah. end and oh. we get the resolution, uh, you know, where Russo is Russo's dying. I mean, that and he knows he's dying. Uh, he calls Curtis. Curtis. Yeah, I think yeah. he calls Curtis. Curtis doesn't go. He sends Frank there. Oh, so. he,
0: he tells Billy, "I will not call the cops." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He calls Frank, Frank Castle. Castle. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: So here Frank walks into the room and Russo starts talking. And he doesn't even finish one sentence, and Frank just shoots him, mm-hmm. and, and that's it. That's I mean, it. it's just uh, like there's so no yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no soliloquy. Uh, there's no reconciliation. There's no there's no, yeah. there's no forgiveness. Uh-huh. And and while I thought that was the right thing to do, uh-huh. I was really surprised that they as you know as long as they drag that out, uh-huh. that they wrap that up so quick. I'm <laughs> so glad
0: that I was having flashbacks to Luke Cage season two. Where I'm like, don't tell me he's getting away at the end of this. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So tell me yeah, he escapes, escapes sure. and is on the run at the end of this. I would have been furious. Yeah, I was already iffy about them bringing back that character. Uh-huh. You know yeah. to begin yeah. with. Yeah, you exactly. know, especially because this is all we're you know theoretically getting of this show.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So, but you know, even though Russo doesn't remember what he did to Frank, Frank remembers yeah. what Russo did to him. So yeah,
1: because yeah. that's the whole thing is like Frank gets back to New York, you know, with the help of you know. Madani and all that stuff, and basically, the whole plot is just to get together and take out Russo. Yeah, you know, that's and so that that's the whole plot, and then it kind of goes off the rails a little bit from time to time, and then Madani starts going to see this therapist who has developed a relate her and Russo have developed a relationship, mm-hmm. kind of. Twisted one, yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> but uh, but basically, like Scott says she's really the bad guy of this because mm-hmm. she's the one that figures out how to take Frank, Frank out, out yeah. how yeah. to mess him up and neutralize him. You know, and, and
2: the the one thing about that when you're watching it. It's pretty obvious what actually happened. Right. And it's uh-huh. like the cops put no effort in trying to, you know, give a different narrative. Or, nope, or, uh, so he did it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm.
0: so it's so quick, though, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's the next morning is when they're in the morgue. Yeah. For that scene. <laughs> yes. So it's yeah. like there hasn't even been time to run forensics mm-hmm. on all this stuff and figure
1: out what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, before they're down there trying to... Yeah, they're not this. investigating as much as assuming that Castle did. That yeah. this and, is yeah. his fault. and
2: I would think that even castle after having seen it would have realized I, mean, I think it would have been more obvious to him you know what those probably aren't my bullets you know yeah
0: well he also has a face full of blood yeah <laughs> at that point. so i'll, for, I'll forgive yeah. that a little bit he's really in the moment yeah uh-huh. you know in that scene so i can understand that
1: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> one of the things that i had a lot of a lot of trouble with and i don't know I, I tried not to laugh because it's not really a laughing thing but but the point was is how quickly there are these two fights that involve Madani, yep, and one yes. of them is yeah. Russo, <laughs> and she handles him fairly easily. Yep. However, the, yeah, the fairly, psychiatrist. The psychiatrist too. was <laughs>
0: really hard. Psychiatrist is first. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. all pumped up with adrenaline for Russo at that point. You know what right, I mean? I and and that's kind of her goal. That's what she's been going for. Is him? Oh, is Russo? Oh, so you so. think the
1: extra. Yeah, nursing, I'll, go, I'll,
0: give, I'll give that a pass. Yeah. But I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I guess
2: she was also willing to use the gun on Russo and yeah. didn't really use the gun on the... But yeah. still, yeah, I, I thought that too. It's like that fight with the psychiatrist dragged on Way and on and on. Yeah. yeah, and she... Well, I, she doesn't dispatch Russo, but she holds her own a whole lot better against yeah. Russo than she does against the right. like yeah. As much
0: as they're pushing that story, I'm like, Madani better not be the one that kills Jigsaw. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah you yeah. know what I mean? Like, don't
3: give me that. Uh-huh.
2: Okay. I was I was glad to see Madonna back. Oh, I was too. Yeah, I was, liked yeah. I think yeah. She did Amber really Rose good. Reva. I'm probably not saying her name correct. Billy Russo mm-hmm. was played by Ben Barnes. We also got to see Turk again. Yeah, I, Rob Morgan. Uh, yeah. Curtis came back. He's played by Jason R. Moore and, and then Brett and then Matt Mahoney, Mahoney uh, Royce Johnson. So I was glad. And then we get Karen Page yeah, uh, yeah. back as well, and I thought she did a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I enjoyed having her back better than seeing. Um, um old night nurse um, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. I got Rosario. yeah Rosario. yeah Rosario Dawson yeah. yeah I'm I'm glad that they've kind of moved past her yeah. as the as the thread that holds mm-hmm. all these together so was was happy for that okay. um so I it's like some final th- thoughts I
0: love the ending to this oh with the, <laughs> the sort of epilogue where mm-hmm. it's, was it three months later or whatever uh, right where we see him take like you know he coordinated this meeting of these gangs, gangs mm-hmm. right? And I just goes in and blows them all away wearing <laughs> right. a skull uh-huh. like that was that's like the perfect ending yeah. To, oh yeah to this.
2: now that's mentioned before I, I have an alternate theory i think that if this series was going to get a third season which we, none of us expect it is. And by the way, my my uh, estimate for whenever this is going to be canceled is February 18th. <laughs>
3: okay. That's, that's,
2: that's one, that's one month after it p- started. Start a, no, I, I, okay. start, start a pool? Start a pool, an over-under pool for February All right. 18th. All right. But I really think that they brought in the actress that played Beth, and if they were going to have a third season, then this would have ended with, instead of him going to that warehouse scene, mm-hmm. it would have ended with him going back to the bar where she was working, and they, we, we got a happy ending to season two mm-hmm. as opposed to the punisher keeps doing what he's always been doing mm-hmm. ending that we got now i'm fine with the ending that we have but I, can't, I, I still can't believe they brought that actress in just for two episodes. Mm-hmm. I really think that when this was being filmed, they brought her in to be in season three. That, right. And since they're not going to have a season three, they changed what the final scene of this mm-hmm. season actually was. Because right. yeah. I think they gave us the final uh, the final scene for season three here at the end of season two, knowing right. that they're not going to have a season three. Right. My opinion, I'm probably wrong. I usually am, but
1: I mean, it. It's totally understandable because, like I said before, it just felt that that arc was incomplete. It felt like kind of pointless. Yeah, that wasn't the whole thing. I mean, it could have been any fight with him not getting Mm -hmm. involved with anybody. He could have just been in any
2: random bar, and that girl just showed up, and that's all we needed. But instead, Mm -hmm. we got two episodes of Beth that we don't need because of how the rest of the season went.
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like though that works for me just in the fact that like he's have he's walked away from that yeah. at the end mm-hmm. of the season he knows he's not going to have a normal life mm-hmm. this is what he does this is what he's good at yeah. this is what he enjoys on some <laughs> level right you know what i mean so yeah. i i mean i see your point but yeah i can tell it, it works for me in that way mm-hmm. I, I just
2: think because of how like if they were, they wanted that character there for a third season that they're not going to have. So mm-hmm. they just, they change everything right. that they're going to do. So, well, right. the
0: showrunner, you know, did say <laughs> that he would like Vincent Donfrio to come on as kingpin for the third season. <laughs> uh, I think it's cute. He thinks he's getting a third season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We'd uh, all like that. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd be all for that. That'd be an amazing season, I'm sure. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody expects it at this no, point, not unfortunately. Really. Yeah, I will say right. that Arrow got renewed for season eight. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> wow,
2: eight seasons. seasons yeah. <laughs> oh, my. So. And, and, of course, I guess the other thing is at the end, Frank does turn down a job with the military. That's right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. from Madani because yeah. Madani moves into the, CIA, the military. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. 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 Well, there
0: was also a good story of that that Ennis did with, uh, I think it was the, the Max line where Microchip tries to recruit him with the CIA. Uh, that kind of doesn't work out for them. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, was kind of thinking about that story when that happened. Like, oh, uh, are they going to set that up? Uh, yeah,
1: there there are some good unexpected. There a couple of jump moments, like yeah. Annette O'Toole's dead. No, yeah, you know, yeah I was, there was like, not expecting no, that, just yeah. you know, boom, just dead. Boom, <laughs> like yeah. off camera, boom, she's out. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that once Frank found out that, his, that Pilgrim's, Pilgrim's kids, kids were being used yeah. against uh-huh. him, they kind of join forces yeah that's kind of like a sort
2: of surprise at the end yeah yeah
1: so so yeah i mean overall you know i enjoyed it you know it wasn't as strong as the first one no well
2: that's that's tough to (laughs) that's tough to to do you know it was the first one was so good so Mm -hmm.
1: for sure so
2: So. i i I gave it a very fine minus Mm -hmm. which like 7.5 um and that's probably maybe a little higher than it deserves just because again i'm i'm a punisher fan Mm -hmm. um so and I think you know after the first season of Punisher and the three Daredevils, I think this is better than all the rest of the Netflix stuff still. Right. So you know it yeah, moved I'm into like spot that. number five on my you know mm-hmm. list for the Netflix series.
1: <laughs> I'd probably put it at a fine. You know what I mean? Just because there was a lot of confusing story. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of threads that felt rushed, and some of those episodes were pretty sloggy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Slower, yeah, so.
0: I'm gonna go very good with it. Uh, uh, it was just too. Too weak in the middle, you know what I mean. I, I the beginning was good. I love the ending, but yeah, in between, thir- I didn't need thirteen episodes. No. I think it's oh, all come sure. down to. I think yep. there's too much filler. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we're getting, and this isn't uh, exation or anything of Barenthal, I think he's great, but I feel like we're getting diminishing returns with our Punisher shows here. <laughs> I think Daredevil season two is really strong. I don't think Punisher season one is as good as that, and I don't think this. Season is as good as Punisher Season Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 1. I regret that they seem to want to play the long game with these shows, and now they're not getting it. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I feel like that's going to hurt the final product. Again, there's no way they could have known that when they started. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they expected these shows to go on for seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. You know, when they started, because on paper, why wouldn't they? Right. mm -hmm. You know, but it's just like, I think we're going to have just sort of not what we could have had
1: right you know kind of when this is all said yeah it's just like unexpectedly they've got to wrap these up to some point or just leave you hanging yeah exactly basically so no i see exactly your point so all right Uh well the next thing i guess we just kind of want to mention and you know have a few thoughts about is the fact that for the first time ever a uh, superhero movie has been nominated for a best picture academy award mm-hmm. and that is of course uh, black panther mm-hmm. was nominated for that and uh, mm-hmm. what were you saying about initially there was a category yeah last and- year they were kind of floating
0: around this idea of having a i can't remember exactly what they called it but a popular movie category for the okay. oscars AK we're trying to get people to watch we'll this watch stuff. <laughs> Nobody cares about the movies we really nominate, right? You know, and Black Panther was an example they used for that. And I feel like there was backlash against that. Like, well, why can't? Why do you have to qualify these movies? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh-huh. You know what I mean? And that so, kind of thing. So they've done away with that, but. Black Panther has stuck around in the Best Picture nominations. Didn't they
2: expand the Best Picture category? Because like before, it was always like five movies, and like there were maybe like nine. They've done that a
0: few years ago. Okay. And it gets up to ten, I think, okay. every now and up then. To, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they steps. have to, but right. I think it. A couple of years ago. It did get up to like ten,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so it kind of fluctuates. It's mm-hmm. kind of what they want to do, but again, it's called they want people to watch this ceremony now,
1: right? Yeah, um, people to be a little more interested.
0: And again, we've had you know superhero movies win Academy Awards and stuff like that before, but none, of, Not nothing's been picture. nominated for best, best picture. picture. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, as for you Visual know, effects or yeah, yeah stuff
1: like theme that. or even or, or, yeah. Yeah, you know, but, but it's, it's not about the movie itself. Yeah, it's technical achievement or whatever uh-huh. is what. It, so thoughts on? You think any chance whatsoever?
2: I don't think there's a, any chance at all that it'll actually win. No,
0: I don't, no. and that's a shame because it's a really good movie, mm-hmm. and I feel like. There's always gonna if it does. There's always gonna be that asterisk next to it. Mm-hmm. Of like, well, they had that popular movie category they right. wanted to do, or like, oh, mm-hmm. it's a, it's just like a black movie mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, it's still a good
1: movie, yeah. right? You know what I yeah. mean? Is
0: a thing, and I don't think, you know, I think there'll always be that kind of question mark, right? Next to Is it. Is it
1: really the best movie? Yeah. Get, yeah.
0: Well, you I see,
2: I I love Black Panther, but I don't think it's the best superhero movie. Even you know, yeah. I, you right. Know, I still think you know Winter Soldier is a better story better written than what the Black Panther is
3: mm-hmm. so
2: I mean uh, you know I just I just don't see it actually winning anything right. plus they're so you know oddball with their Oscar picks anyway yeah. I yeah. mean, like the last time a popular movie won was like what the last Lord of the Rings Word? movie yeah. and, and that was really probably more just well, we better acknowledge this this, this yeah. series yeah. or something and it's probably
1: foreshadowing the popular category, category. Like you were yeah saying. yeah. So, yeah. I'd be
0: thrilled if it won. That'd be great for a superhero movie. It'd be great for them. It'd be Mm -hmm. great for Marvel Studios, but...
2: And, hey, you know, in the month of February, combination of Black Appreciation Month, the Oscar nomination, uh, they are having, uh, like, they're bringing it back to theaters for, like, a week, Mm -hmm. um, to AMC theaters. So I I haven't looked to see if Carbondale or Marion or any place in the area is actually getting it uh, for that week, but you might want to, you know, check... And Your see if this, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Check online. Of course, you know if it's the first week of February, you, this probably won't be out before right. um, before we actually uh, before it actually hits the theaters. But mm-hmm. you know, be sure and check if you are hearing this. So, so
0: all right. So, do you think Endgame gets nominated next year? Best no. Picture? Yeah. What? No.
3: Yeah, no. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, probably not.
1: So, okay. The next category we do want to talk about just briefly is a uh, one of the living legends of mm-hmm. the comic book uh, industry as far as art-wise and everything is retiring from comics. as yeah. is Mr. George Perez, mm-hmm. um, probably, I don't know, best known for New Teen Titans and you think... Uh, Crisis, crisis, and Avengers, crisis uh, and, uh, lots and lots of stuff. Avengers, yeah.
2: I mean, Infinity Gauntlet
1: for yeah. a while, yeah. yeah. yeah you yeah. know, so that's right. I mean, I just know his art. I mean, just some of those covers that he did that I can't that you can look through and just like. I can't imagine another character is not in there. You know, those mm-hmm. expansive right. cast well, characters. Look, you know? at, yeah. look at
0: his JLA Avengers work. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> book is crazy. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's like every character who's been in the Justice League or an Avenger mm-hmm. is in that book at some point. Right. You know.
1: Right. Right. And from what I hear I, I mean I've never had the honor to meet him of either of you yes uh, he
2: was at uh, metropolis a few years ago okay. and I was actually able to get a sketch from him and and speak to me the only thing I was disappointed was is because I was there ready to drop some money and maybe get you know in like a commission that he'd you know work on for a little bit and he just wasn't doing that even mm. at that time It was just little yeah. quick sketches and and that was all you could actually get out of him um but uh yeah super nice guy and and very very popular because like most of the time down at uh, metropolis when they have guest artists in you can walk straight up to their table you know and there were lines for an hour or more when george perez was there Mm -hmm. however many years ago that was so um so yeah he 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 draws he draws people to you know conventions because of his popularity Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah I met him yeah, at Metropolis that mm-hmm. year and then uh, at a wizard world in Chicago too I met him super nice both times mm-hmm. you know what I mean long lines both times mm-hmm. you know what I mean so <laughs> the I've wine shirts yeah, yeah, yeah exactly right yeah uh, that I think his wife makes right uh, like yeah. that. I think they even have some of the
1: material like custom made uh, all that mm-hmm. stuff to do all that stuff so I think I saw that because I know there was an episode of that Kevin Smith's show that uh, Comic, Comic book, book Man. men, yeah. where uh, Mike Zapsack had lost all of his collection in what one of the hurricanes. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, Had lost everything of that. So the other guys at the store commissioned George Perez to do a, a piece for him. I forget who it well, was. I think it was Wonder Man, wasn't it? Because I, I think, think he's you're a right. big Wonder Man fan. Yeah, oh, okay. but it's right. like the green and red suit Wonder <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. 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 And he actually came on the show yeah. and presented it to Mike mm-hmm. and everything like that. Must that must have been so in
2: the so. last season of that show because I, I don't remember that episode. Oh, yeah, so. no, I think no. it was a couple.
1: Uh, it, was it was a while ago because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the last few seasons. Yeah, okay. Maybe it's one of the last. Back. so okay, but yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. That you know yeah. that kind of thing. So yeah, just That's my close I've ever seen him. I mean, it was him on that show. <laughs> yeah. and just, right, seemed like a really nice guy.
0: Yeah no, and he said he's still going to do some conventions,
1: conventions and stuff like that. <laughs>
0: okay.
2: he has like there was like one or two on the list that he said he's still going to attend. Yeah. I think there's I guess there's one in Florida. Was it Mega Mega,
0: Mega Con?
3: Con. Mm.
2: And something there was another one which was not like in that vicinity. Yeah. he was he considered like his you know, his personal conventions or whatever. And it, I got the feeling that he was going to continue to show up for those even into the future, but yeah. probably just not doing commissions, just maybe maybe doing autographs, but not any yeah, commissions. I think
0: I, I read, like, I don't know if it was a press release or whatever, but, yeah, he said he'll still be signing stuff. He will still be doing some commissions, but it's a very strict set of rules, yeah. and it's, uh, like, not at conventions. Like, yeah. you have to meet him at the convention and pick it up kind of thing. I mm-hmm. you know, yeah. see. So, so, yeah, so it's a... Uh, it's a shame, you know. Uh, he, but. but he
2: basically said, you know, vision issues and some health issues that he's had. you just can't keep up yeah. with that pace anymore, yeah. you know. Was,
0: and again, I his deal level with of detail. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know. Yeah. And again, if he wants to do something, I'm sure the door's open. open. I, can't yeah, imagine, I can't imagine. You know, even when he had the exclusive contract on <laughs> Cross Gen, they were like, Yeah, you can go do JLA Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was in his contract, you know. <laughs> so it's like I can't imagine anyone turning down George Perez. No. Or, you know, even if you want to work on like a standalone thing at his own pace.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Yeah. But. Imagine. Yeah, he's probably at that point in his career we can pretty much write his own ticket for whatever he wants to do. You would he's been maybe? at that point for a while. I remember. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean.
0: When was it? around the time that the first Teen Titans cartoon was out, and mm-hmm. like there was a video game coming out. He said in an interview, "Yeah, I'm set for life <laughs> because <laughs> nice. I can retire right now because of Teen Titans." He's like, and now there's a game coming out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So they get a cut of that. You know, him Ooh, and Mark right. mm-hmm. So he's pretty much set. Uh, he, uh,
2: you know, hopefully he's thinking, you know. Kirby and Adams for for that. Yeah, (laughs) thinking that
0: way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sure, but yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a real case to be made for him being like the best, you know, modern artist, you know, in comics. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He's definitely
2: in the discussion. Yeah, I don't know that I would call him the best, but he's definitely in the discussion. So a
1: lot of iconic (laughs) stuff Mm -hmm. for sure. So. So, but he is for sure he just done with comics work at this point at this point. So,
2: so I am happy time. to have that little quick
1: sketch of Cactus America that I got from him cuz right. I yep, probably won't get him. another chance. Yeah. So, um, yep, for sure. For sure. <laughs> All right. So, again, not, next topic here is everybody done with talking about Mr. Perez? Uh, one, one more thing, thing my yeah.
2: first comic book that I ever bought George Press cover. Oh, <laughs> nice. What was it? Avengers 184. Oh, yeah. Absorbing Man, a lot of like like, like six or seven Avengers giant yeah. Absorbing Man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mhm. There you go. Yep. There you go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, just want to briefly talk about something that's been in the news of the comic book world that nobody, I don't think anybody, really understands the ramifications. No. Uh-huh. But again, we can theorize wildly or, or just talk about it, you know. And that's uh, obviously a huge shakeup going on at DC Comics, you know, which, of course, as we all know, is a subsidiary of Warner Brothers. And like I said, we don't really know what's uh prompted this you know mm-hmm. but what they say like was it nine percent of the workforce or which it was it?
0: it was three percent of the workforce which at dc amounts to seven people. seven people, people yeah i yeah. knew it was
1: you know so it's not a huge company right. meaning dc it's, Warner brothers it's, is it's
0: important for those seven people though for yeah, sure well, absolutely. Oh, yeah, you know.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. and as far as we know none of the major players like Dio or jim lee, jim lee or that's, or any of those that's guys, always the rumor that pops up online when
0: these announcements come out and it never Is true, right? It's always people's crazy speculation, or people have an axe to grind against these people. Uh Mm -hmm. The big loss here, though, is Mark Chiarello, who worked for the company for like twenty-five years, and he spearheaded Batman Black and White, Mm -hmm. New Frontier, the Wednesday Comics that they did a few years back. All these kind of big, kind of you know, artsy sort of projects that they've done. Yeah, Uh Uh, Solo was his thing. To that anthology series they did years ago. You know, a lot of really good quality stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that like they're still making on our last episode. We just talked about Batman black and white statues. Uh-huh. They've been cracking those out for years. That all comes from that miniseries, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's like, it's, I think there's a big reaction to this online of them letting him go mm-hmm. just because of like how important he's been to the company for so long. Right. You know? and then what does that mean for the company going forward? Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, and that's one guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah.
1: That's one guy. But um, I know, too, the thing that's questionable to me is, you know, being a statue collector and more of a collectibles guy, you know, from that, is the actual fate of DC collectibles. Because we don't really know what that means. you got a lot of stuff in the pipeline that hopefully is not going to, you know be disturbed but i do know that they moved it i don't believe hopefully i'm not misspeaking but the way i understood it is it's not dc collectibles has kind of been moved out from the dc umbrella and out to just under a division of warner brothers Mm -hmm. you know because there's always talk of something happening there you know because if you look at what uh the competition marvel does you know when they produce collectibles they simply sell licenses Mm -hmm. to companies that produce their stuff whereas this is dc developing developing and producing their own you know stuff in-house yeah well that's taken care of so hopefully all the projects they have in the pipeline that i'm looking forward to and other collectors are looking forward Mm -hmm. to those are still in the works it'll just be handled differently um i do know um Oh, I forgot where I was gonna go. So you guys take all I'll think of in a minute. <laughs> right. well, like I guess it.
2: like the one big name that they said was gonna be moved was like Bob Harris. Is that was that right?
1: Oh was it? Yeah. Mm.
2: So I mean he's he's still there and he's taken over some of those duties yeah. and he's had a like a history with DC for a while. Okay. I, the thing that I think surprises me the most is like and we were we were trying to find like the rankings of the top uh-huh. books and previews this month and realized that they just seem to have disappeared. But the last time that I was looking at those, like DC was, you know, six or eight of the top ten every right. single month. So if they're having, you know, issues financially, it's like I can't imagine what Marvel's thinking, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Right. And and you know, I think one of you guys had mentioned that it's probably more of a Warner Brothers thing yeah. than a DC thing. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: They're yeah. expecting more out of the properties, or oh,
0: well, I mean, that's always been my theory about the new 52. Mm-hmm. The way it just changed so suddenly and was so haphazard when mm-hmm. they spent years. Years working on some of these stories and big crossovers, mm-hmm. how well-coordinated everything is, and just how, you know, fly by the seat of their pants the new 52 launch was. Right. And, you know what I mean? And I, I don't know if anyone's spoken on this in official capacity. Probably not. But you know that was Warner Brothers coming in and saying, you have got to make these numbers. You have to do this and this and this. You know, Marvel does this. Why aren't we mm-hmm. seeing these kind of returns? Right. You know, and again, it'll be years before we ever get... You know the true stories about that because people don't want to endanger their job until until somebody
2: leaves and and is willing to talk about yeah yeah Yeah, not under an nda or something like that right fine with burning a bridge (laughs) you know what i mean or who knows well they may have some of these guys may have severance packages and part of their package is like you can't talk about yeah for sure you know you can't go on the record about anything so
0: what kind of stood out for me with all this too is in their press their original press release also said that they are committed to publishing. <laughs> and I'm like, who was talking about that? <laughs> yeah. When was right. that part of the conversation? Yeah. Uh, like, you better be
1: some, committed to publishing. <laughs> some mm-hmm. publishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These, then they also we were committed to publishing and the direct market. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so, okay. See, it's this like, is what, you know, yeah. we've been talking the about. The direct Plush.
0: market's been committed to you for 40 years, Mm -hmm. you know? know,
1: Yeah, that's (laughs) kind of our thing.
2: And they're committed to the direct market, and then what do they do? They are going to launch more books, and now on Target. So they're adding Target to the discussion. I just
1: just feel like this is probably... Not saying full on, but you know, I mean, I just feel like maybe there's a little bit of pressure for Warner Brothers to get these numbers and these profits, you know, up and everything. Yeah. So, is this an orchestrated push to get comics back out into mass market and out of specialty retailers? Uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like because there's more. Walmart exclusive books, they're mm-hmm. doing this, right. you know, the Target exclusive mm-hmm. books, which you just told me is going to be all original new I content. I think it, I've, I've heard it's all yeah, original yeah, the, content. The,
0: the, the Primal Age special that they did is, because it's the characters of that toy line, so there's no pre-existing material on that, so okay. that is all new, and there's a lot of D.C. veterans working on that book, too, That's yeah. that one shot they did. Right. Huh. And it's $10. $10, As opposed yeah. to the 5 at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. So, uh-huh. I don't
2: know. This seems and then timing really really seems weird. I mean, because DC, what they should be seeing is that okay, if we can have a train wreck of a movie like Aquaman Mm -hmm. make a billion dollars, right? Then by golly, golden.
1: Yeah, Yeah. they should be able to. If they
2: could come up with a quality movie, there's no telling (laughs) how much money that should you know that should make. Of course, you know, I think they've had some much better movies before that didn't rake in the money that Aquaman did. Mm -hmm. So I. Yeah I don't know that they shouldn't be like you know scrambling to cut costs at DC they should be yeah. like let's let's how what can we give you so that we can mm-hmm. get the well, next that, one of that these things that was also out. the
0: thing for so long with DC was because they were under the umbrella mm-hmm. was they could publish stuff that didn't turn a profit right you know, mm-hmm. and it's all long term it's all seen as development well, sure. you know yeah. what i mean yeah. Yeah. and they could do these special projects you know mm. things like that well
1: i mean and then you look at that and then the reaction and what's happened in the aftermath of batman damned with black label you know yeah. what i mean it's just like so it's it's just like warner brothers is really starting to step in and flex the corporate yeah. muscles and make sure that this errant child that they have, you know, mm-hmm. stays in line. I, I don't know what what all's going on. There's yeah. no way we can. No.
0: And today, I was just seeing where Disney said they're committed
1: to making R-rated Deadpool movies.
0: Really? So it's
1: like, what happened so, here? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? What is going on? And they're going to put the Disney name on? Deadpool? No, <laughs> they're not. Say, yeah, it will not. No. But
0: yo, know, there will be more. They have
1: said, but it won't be it won't right. Be Disney, before. okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. So, so anyway, again, wild, wild speculation, but yeah. uh, but it's just something's going on. Yeah. You know, I mean, the shakeup and happened. We don't know how far it's going to go or what else is going to happen, but something's mm-hmm. happening over there. And again, like, we don't have any inside information
0: here. Oh, absolutely. So what's no, going no. on. But, like, just what I could figure out, I kind of did some numbers on the Walmart books. And, like, at minimum, they have to be making $100,000 a month off those books. Mm-hmm. And that's if they're making a dollar per issue, which it's probably more, but who knows because Walmart dictates. Right. Um, yeah. But just with the amount of stores there are in the U.S. and then how many copies they're getting approximately every month, mm-hmm. the minimum is $100,000 they would be making off these books every month.
1: You're talking about gross among, across yeah. all stores,
0: $100,000 a month. just.
1: And that's uh, Conservative, conservatively, guess, yeah. you know
0: what I mean. And again, not just right. kind of seeing what I can find online and different things. Right. So it's like that's a moneymaker for them, and it's mostly reprint material. Mm-hmm. It's probably you know moneymaker that at little cost.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, do
2: know? we know that they're actually selling those issues? Because I mean, they're Wal- in stores, Walmart well, yeah, buying but, them. Well, but can Walmart return them?
1: I don't know. Uh, a, bet you I bet I, you I they're handled by a vendor. I bet you the vendor comes in, and swaps it out, out. Okay. pulls those books out. Because you would
0: think they'd be turning up somewhere if they were returning them. They're,
1: you know, I can't see them just clogging up a warehouse.
0: Yeah, with or these things. Know, who
2: knows, just destroying them or whatever. But yeah. uh, who knows? Yeah, yeah, I who knows? They're not think you know, they're but ripping again, the front covers off yeah, of them. Or, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but again, you know that
1: that you know, I mean, I'll take a hundred thousand dollars a month, but in but in yeah. the uh, you know scope of, I mean, I know local WalMarts are million dollar a month stores. You know what mm. I mean, yeah. and stuff like that. And then you know, Warner Brothers is. You know, so $100,000 is probably negligible at some mm-hmm. point, you know. so But it's obviously working and they're happy with it because yeah, they're exactly. expanding they're, it. Yeah, they're adding again, more titles, yeah, you know what I mean. They're expanding it, so so they're seeing something. But it's all something that us local guys aren't. All Right. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Well, after talking about that, do you guys have anything else to no. say about that? I don't want to <laughs> rush you on. But yeah. the final thing we want to talk about is as much as we did uh, – last year with the 80th anniversary of action comics number one and superman uh this year 2019 is the uh, 80th anniversary of their other fairly popular character batman <laughs> 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 <more> so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so actually yes there i would say superman might be the corporate mascot you uh, know and everything uh-huh. but batman is by far the more popular character um, At least
2: since the late 80s. Yeah, sure. right, yes. Maybe pre-80, what was it, 89 when the bat- first Batman movie, came, or yeah, the, the Michael Keaton, Keaton Batman movie came out. That's kind of when things changed a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, whatever year that was.
1: So. 1989. Okay, it was 89. Yep, all right. You are correct. So um, so we are going to, for the next couple episodes, um, the non-previews episodes, we're all going to talk about a, uh, a Batman story, you know, to recommend or, you know, just one that uh, we think is – important to the character mm-hmm. or whatever so uh yeah. scott you want to start us out yeah i'll little? probably
2: have the i'll probably have the shortest of these i don't, I don't know so <laughs> I, you know, I had to go through it's like to me like the stories that i want to recommend or things that like have you know pretty fond memory of and i like enough that i kept a copy around you know to mm-hmm. you know just i like, want to own it want to have it sitting on the shelf be able to show it to somebody else so you know You know, for me, you know what really jump-started Batman uh, back for me was Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. Uh, So you get kind of a a, you know a futuristic take um, on the character. Uh, You know his you know conflicts with Superman, the different ideologies. Plus, you just got Frank Miller, you know, uh, you know writing and drawing. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what we can say about this one that you know hasn't pretty much already been said before. We've this is a story we've talked about periodically from you know in different you know episodes and and you know how much it means to the character Mm. and then you know and it kind of led into other stories which i'm not going to step on step on mike here on on his uh, on his choice um for where where this kind of went after uh dark Knight returns but like i even have this old leather bound complete frank miller um that i've had sitting on the shelf for gosh i mean i bought this new and i don't know what year copyright year this is and uh this is from 1986 mm-hmm. so you know i've had this you know around for quite a while so um, it really changed the so you know changed of the face shelf? i well, i think i got it as a christmas gift oh, okay. one year so around around that time 86 87 so i've i've owned this book for Oh, actually, those I take that back. It was not that late, eighty-nine, because okay. it's reprinting from stories from 80, oh, yeah. 86, and eighty-seven. So this is actually from nineteen eighty-nine, and you know, right around the time of Batman right. eighty-nine pops right. out. So um, it it helped you know revitalize that character. <laughs> so Absolutely. it's something that if you haven't read, it's an evergreen story oh, from yeah. DC, mm-hmm. um, and you know i i have a soft spot for frank miller as well a lot of the work that he's done in dc and marvel so yeah
1: so uh, he that came he came up that's pretty much fresh on the heels of his daredevil run right yeah yeah because yeah, he,
2: he mm-hmm. yeah it was funny. it was at the yeah so he was basically done with daredevil i mm-hmm. think at that point i guess it was probably between the end of his first run on daredevil and before born again would be my guess mm. i don't remember exactly what year born again was mm-hmm maybe mike atchison will chime in and and tell us you know when <laughs> you know, when that was compared to compared to those uh mm-hmm. well he'd be more the dc side of it but yeah. uh but uh yeah and i just i enjoy the artwork enjoy the portrayal of the characters you get the you know the female robin mm-hmm. uh, so just a little bit different take on a you know a, <laughs> a older and and partly retired coming out of retirement uh dark knight so.
1: right <laughs> and it really did set the it was kind of a, a you know, a, what do you call it, a watershed, you know, mm-hmm. for that character. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing that we can't imagine, you know, here we are, whatever that would be, 30 years after, you know, 30-something yeah. 30 30 30 years, years after yeah. release of Dark Knight Returns. We can't imagine, you know, that even within the context of the relatively small sales numbers of comic book publishing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that Batman was a struggling title. Yeah. yeah. You know, which it
2: was. It was borderline uh, cancellation. Yeah. Yeah
1: right and this is the story that brought that back and Mm -hmm. really set the tone in many ways for almost everything that's happened since oh yeah Mm -hmm. you know i mean it gave it took batman you know because initially back in 39 and those early years batman was a dark gritty title Mm -hmm. and then then 60s you know brought the lighter and the goose goofier silly silver age stuff but this is what took him back to his roots you know but he did that by you know, moving it forward. Forward, time, yeah. And, you know, when yeah. he's retired, and, and then things have changed. So if you have not read it, really, you should have any interest whatsoever in Batman. You really should. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Know. And,
0: like, how many how many times have you heard someone say, this is what got me into comics, or, this is what got me back into comics, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like, you mm-hmm. still hear that, mm-hmm. you
2: know? Were, were there Elseworlds books before this story,
0: there had been imaginary stories and that kind oh, but of. Yeah, thing with, but yeah, they've been
2: imaginary, but there never been kind of no, the no, else no, worlds, no, no. And, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like this almost led into that whole else yeah, world. Right. Well, I the think yeah. I mean, you know,
0: got them by gaslight. I mm-hmm. think it's the first like sort of unofficial, unofficial else world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, they wouldn't have done that book without Dark Knight with Returns. Mm-hmm. So, Tell so. something different.
2: And its success, you know, it's all multiple printings. Oh my gosh, and it still sells. It still sells. And there's
0: a cartoon of it. You know, you can watch. It's influenced much every batman movie since it came out mm-hmm. you know tim burton mentioned it you know when he made
1: batman mm-hmm. you know back in 88 89 you know right. so yeah so well i'm gonna jump in with my entry in this just because dan tends to be the bat he's the resident batman yes. guy Sarah, so he always <laughs> digs a little deeper than what we do because i'm going with the next obvious choice which was frank miller's second story in batman which was year one
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know it's actually was a. Uh, Part of his contract with being able to do that was to tell a revamped origin story of Batman. And so this actually was printed in issues, I think, you know, I have my notes here, 404 through 407, of the actual Batman ongoing title was year was year one.
0: That's one of the things I've always liked about year one, too, uh-huh. is that it, if they were making that now, it would be a standalone oh, series absolutely. or any series, but it is... It is in the main title it is continuity mm-hmm. you know at
1: that point right and the, and like we just said the dark knight returns really marks a demarcation in the whole character between the previous stuff and the modern age stuff and uh, to the point where kind of they considered that a break point and Um, Wolfman was editor-in-chief I think and Denny O'Neill was editor of the Batman books at that time and they totally envisioned what became year one to be the first issues of volume two of Batman but then what Frank Miller came along and said um, well I haven't really destroyed anything that happened before Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so let's just not redo the continuity so that's how they kept the original numbering and everything Um, but it really is what sets this story apart to me, and I think in general, is it's the first time that we really. I think the the origin story of Batman was just a couple of pages. Yep. You know. Yeah. You know, just a couple of pages. I think it was like two pages, twelve panels, or something ridiculously mm-hmm. low like that. Showed Bruce's parents getting killed and standing over the yeah. bodies, this and that. You know, and that happened back in I think Detective 33. Yeah. I right? say so, you know like so just a few issues in. So this is the first time we really looked at that origin story more in depth you know them actually becoming batman it's just like he sees his parents killed he grows up he becomes batman well this kind of picks up and we only see the death of his parents and everything through flashbacks but you know the story actually starts it's kind of an interesting story too from the it's not just batman it's like at the same time bruce mm-hmm. is coming back to gotham jim gordon's transferred For to ch- gotham mm-hmm. from chicago so yeah. we kind of see their gotham city careers to speak, you know, Jim is a policeman. Batman or Bruce is a vigilante, kind of rise together, you know, and right. it kind of, and I think Gordon was always commissioner, you know, like that in all yeah, the original all stories. the original stories. Yeah. So here we see his rise through the ranks of, you know, the Gotham City Police Department to become captain, you know, and then mm-hmm. these future. Uh, become the commissioner. So just that approach to it, and so many of the tropes that are still used in Batman stories up to it, including, like, Gotham, where Gordon's Mm -hmm. fighting corruption. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? These are all things that started in this like continuity the Christopher
2: Nolan Batman films rel- relied on it heavily
1: yeah exactly especially mm-hmm. Batman begins when you see you know Bruce yeah. just in the black with the ski mask and all that stuff and getting, mm-hmm. you know so you see a lot of that early stuff that's still used in different media today and see him tweaking the suit you know he gets out and gets messed up because the suit's too big and bulky big, yeah. so he goes through all this stuff mm-hmm. so it just takes that bare bones um you know the bare bones uh you know origin story we and really expands on that so the one thing that does differentiate this from you know other than the subject matter from dark Knight's returns is uh frank miller wrote a year one but he didn't draw it right. he didn't do the art that was dave mazuchelli and um, i think dave's i believe his wife did the colors and then you know i think she colored it and stuff so it was like the art was not handled by frank miller so um really if we see the introduction of harvey dent in this storyline as a, not his introduction but as an ally pre yeah, you uh-huh. know pre-becoming you know two-faced and everything else so just so many of the things especially in batman begins and other stuff like that just depend. Oh, so much to this story, yeah. And pretty much the stories that are being told today, yeah. These pretty are much all yeah. Things. Batman continuity says a lot
0: to this story, yeah. Just well, to that, so.
2: And that's what you know. I think separates, and that's why I think I like Frank Miller so much as a writer. Um, and it's kind of like what Tom King's doing with the character now is he is not, you know, getting rid of anything in the past right. for that mm-hmm. character. It's just like it's all there, and let's just you know let's keep it there and but just kind of you know expand on that origin story and and Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's a really good origin story and even like selena kyle i mean she gets kind of introduced so we've written all those characters Mm -hmm. you know introduced at the introduced quote unquote at the same time you know where they're all in gotham in their own situations so Mm -hmm. so
1: that's my recommendation so
2: mr brown
1: I
0: want to talk about a story called *Mask*, <laughs> which is from the, which is from the first volume of, of Dark. *The Dark Knight*, mm-hmm. and this will be issues thirty-nine and forty. Uh,
2: and that is an overlooked series, I think. Oh, yeah.
0: And I think very, much. I think this is such an overlooked story. For like I, I'm glad we're talking about this the same time we're talking about *Dark Knight Returns* in year one, mm-hmm. because I feel like this is almost up there with those stories. I feel like this is a great story. It's just been overlooked for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's only two issues, so it's the shortest story we're going to talk about. (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm.
0: But it's like, I know they did some trades of Legends of the Dark Knight back in the day, but I know this isn't in print now. It's been out of print (laughs) for a long time, and it's a shame because I think it's a great story. Uh, So this is written and drawn by Brian Talbot. And uh, the story, I'm going to go into the sort of more of a synopsis of this because I know people aren't as familiar with this, especially as they are with Dark Knight Returns in year one. But so the story sort of starts out with Batman on patrol at night, and he sees some uh, guys robbing like, uh, I think it's a business or like a storage shed kind of thing. And, you know, he dispatches them pretty quickly. A cop shows up. And Batman starts feeling lightheaded. He feels sick, so he kind of wanders off and lets the police, you know, handle the criminals. He starts hallucinating. He passes out in the alley. He wakes up in a hospital. And they're like, oh, here you are again, Wayne. (sighs) He's not Batman. Mm -hmm. He's a delusional homeless man who (laughs) thinks he's Batman. And who has coped with reality by creating this delusion Mm -hmm. that he's a rich vigilante. Huh. and he looks in the mirror and it's not him he has no muscle tone he's an alcoholic they are pumping him full of medication the kicker is uh, eventually this therapist comes in and starts talking to him brings him his costume it's assembled uh, rags and trash bags into a Batman costume <laughs> And I love that suit. <laughs> but this is just such a, he's looking at himself. He knows this is him. They've, he even says like, if this were makeup, I would feel it. I would smell it. I know what this is. Why am I so weak? You know, he has no muscle mass on mm-hmm. him. You know, he's bedridden basically. And it, it's this whole thing of like, what is going on? Is this reality? They mentioned, you know, there's this sort of, you know, this is only two issues. So everything moves along pretty quick in the story. Mm-hmm. But there is a reference to when your parents were killed, like, that all happened, but they had major debts, and you were left with nothing, and now you're homeless. You know, now you're an alcoholic out on the streets who has these fantasies and attacks people and Mm -hmm. ends up in the (laughs) hospital. And, you know, the doctor at the beginning is even like, oh, here we are again, Mm -hmm. you know, and tells the nurse, you should know what to do with him by now, Mm -hmm. and all this. And so the story kind of flashes between these real sort of cinematic fluid panels And then when he snaps back to the reality of the hospital, it's the very strict nine-panel grid, which is really effective in this story. Brian Talbot makes a really good use of that. Um, There's a part where the therapist comes and talks to him, and they just start moving in closer and closer under the therapist's face. And it just starts to become like, okay, maybe this is reality. Maybe he is crazy. You know, it's this whole thing. And then he hallucinates that he attacks the doctor. And he sees the doctor's wearing a mask. He wears the mask off. It's Joker. He's like, oh, I knew it. And then he blacks out. And then he's back in the hospital. And like this one night Catwoman comes to him and talks to him. And uh, she tells him, "You know, believe in yourself. I came to say goodbye. And like she cries and leaves a tear on his face. He wakes up. The tear's still there. Hmm. And he's like, what is this? Like, This is real. Hmm. And so finally he does the Batman move of, I'm getting out of here. And he snaps off his restraints off the bed, throws on the suit, and jumps out the window. Mm-hmm. And he's falling, and he's wearing garbage bags. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, that's the cliffhanger to the first issue here. Uh, the second issue opens with him still falling in the garbage bags. And there's a reference to, you know, this is going to end like a movie serial, where a hero gets thrown out the window and falls forever and lands on the fire escape. Mm-hmm. That's a direct reference to the first Batman serial where that literally happened. That was one of the cliffhangers <laughs> to the one of the 40s Batman serials. But then again, he wakes up and he's back in the hospital. But there's this whole sequence of this sort of dystopian Gotham. And it's like there's a newspaper saying, Batman missing. You know, So it's like, is it? But then he's walking through this crazy future of a Gotham without Batman that's just like a nightmare. And the mutants from Dark Knight Returns are there. Okay. The mutant <laughs> gang is wandering the streets. Uh, you know, Penguin and these other criminals have kind of taken over the city. It's just, you know, this real sort of crazy thing. And then he sees a group of uh, people attacking his mother. Much better, Martha moment here. Mm-hmm. Than Batman, <laughs> Superman. Right. But and he just he goes crazy, and some it gets pretty violent when some of these fights with Batman beating up these thugs and things mm-hmm. like that throughout. So, but it adds to the story, and it's just. You know, eventually he ends up on police headquarters. The bat stumbles up. Gordon, with uh, broken glasses, says, this is it. We're tired of this. And the police just unload on him. You know, and then it's like, again, He and now he wakes up in his bed in the mansion. And Alfred's there. And he's like, oh, you whatever. You've always been spoiled. You know what I mean? Whatever. Come into the light. Pick one of these doors. You're not going to listen to me anyway. You know, it's this real crazy thing. Cut to he wakes up now in the hospital, the hospital's on fire. He gets out, here's the therapist who is the villain of the story, who has drugged him, kept him sedated for weeks so he could lose all this muscle mass, get him on these drugs, and the nurse that was helping him was also a catwoman. There's a lot of uh, Easter eggs here at the end of the story. We have to kind of look around to see what's happened, where we have several masks. There's a Joker mask. There's a Catwoman outfit. There's all these other people that were in the hospital. It's only been the two of them. It's been this therapist, doctor, and then this nurse who he hired to do this, basically, Mm -hmm. and help him destroy Batman. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, who is this guy? You know, this isn't some pre-existing villain. This isn't, you know, the Riddler or something. This is a guy who uh, his dad was tied up with the mob. Batman busted him, and then the mob ended up killing him. So in his mind, he's responsible. Batman's responsible for his dad being dead, mm-hmm. and so he has coordinated this giant scheme, you know, to break the Batman. And <laughs> again, this is '92. This is basically right before Bane and right before Nightfall and stuff like that. So we mm-hmm. hadn't really had that kind of story to this degree before, and it's. You know, I think the story's really overlooked. It's a great... I read this again last night, getting prepared for this, and I was just so thrilled to read this story again. It's so good. Uh, I kind of wish Brian Talbot would have come back and done something else, too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not even necessarily a sequel to this, but just something. Because this was so good. And then at the end, you know, the hospital burns, and he just kind of lets it, grabs his real suit, and walks out. <laughs> you know? Wow. So... Yeah, just a great story and again I don't know why this never gets brought up, but there's you know some other stories from Legends of the Dark Knight like that too. Mm-hmm. You yep. know.
2: The one thing about that series overall, like early on they were almost always like five issue yeah, arcs. Yeah. And then later on they started to get into some one shots and some two issue yeah. things. But it's almost like it was one of the first things that was really like before people were writing for trades. Yeah. They were writing for, for sure. trades, you know, because mm-hmm. they would just you know Turn people loose, you know, yeah. and and have a multi-part story, and they tell their story, and then they go on to the next creative yeah. team. And
0: mm-hmm. explain to me why the Two Face story was three parts, though. Yeah, <laughs> that story, that's always irked me. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh,
2: one thing I want to mention, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak on behalf of Michael Atchison here. Um, I just know because not that this is necessarily his favorite Batman story, but I know this is I believe this is a story that he really really likes. Um, this is from Batman Annual Number Eight, and he brought this up uh, last year when Trevor Von Eden was at the Slooky uh, Comic Con um, uh, when we got, when we got to interview uh, Trevor Von Eden, and he just you know really liked the story. It's a Rachel Ghul story, um, you know, really really solid. And I had uh, picked up a copy and read it just on the fact that you know Mike had liked it so much. So kind of uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna. But it's going to give this issue away to anybody who's listening. Mm -hmm. So uh, basically, you just need to go to the campus comic Facebook page and uh, just post uh, "atch attack" (laughs) a t c h attack. And uh, you want to do the first person who does it, or you Um, want to do uh, the anybody who does it, and then they'll draw a winner.
1: yeah, let's just do the first person. Okay, so yeah. the first
2: person who posts H attack no, to the to the <laughs> to the campus comics Facebook page, uh-huh. uh, you reserve this copy for yourself, and it's not in terrible shape, so yeah. it's definitely it's definitely uh, completely readable.
1: Sure, uh, it's Yeah, it's a free, right, it yeah, it's a free the, comic book, you know. Right there, you go. And uh, yeah, so so yeah, just post it anywhere on the page or uh, whenever we uh, announce the. Yeah. We won't know about this till you get this one up, though. Yeah, right? it'll be this sometime episode, It'll probably be the a, a, oh, see what's
2: today. The probably be around the fourteenth okay. that this one will be posted. So,
1: all right, so uh, yeah, so I will put on there whenever this episode is up. I will put a a post on the Facebook page that this episode is up, okay. and whenever you listen to it and you hear that, just post in the comments to that to that announcement. Hatch Attack, as Scott said, and if the first person to do that will get this book, you know, we'll get that to you or you can come in the store. You need to come to the store and get it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. He'll hold it for you for a few days. Just come to the store and get it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for contributing the book there, Scott. And I know this was also the book that Trevor Von Eden did say is the favorite thing that he had ever done. That mm-hmm. Trevor Vonnie said this is the thing he's proudest of, mm-hmm. and that he feels like defines him as a as artist as mm-hmm. a comic book creator. So yeah, and it's so, it's the art is very
2: style that stylized. I mm-hmm. guess is how I'll how I'll put it. It's not a traditional looking Batman on a lot uh-huh. of, in a lot yeah. of the panels. So yeah, um, so yeah.
1: All right. Well, thank you again. Let's give this book away. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and right. don't assume somebody else has it. Go get it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right so i guess that do it for this one guys good so all right well sounds good well uh thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode if you agree or disagree with any of our opinions we would love to hear about it just through message or come in and have a discussion with dan and myself on saturdays as he said most days most saturdays he's here or uh, let's just talk about these things and uh just come into the store at a sixteen B East Main Street. You can call us at six one eight four five seven six zero one one. Um reach out to us on Facebook, uh, Twitter at campus underscore comics. At Twitter on uh, Twitter. Um I guess that's my info again. Mm-hmm. So Scott, Scott Reed,
2: birdcomics.com, B-U-R-G uh, comics.com. comics dot com, uh I have an eBay store, Facebook page, Instagram, you know, I post, you know, covers of books that I pick up here
0: and there. Uh, So follow me on any of those uh, sites that you use. And Dan Brown, Ad Detective 651, and here at the store on Saturday. All right. Well,
1: thanks again, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.